Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today we're going to talk about unrecognition aggression in cats. But before we jump into that, welcome my co-host and handsome husband, Dewey Vaughn. Hi, my beautiful love, and hello to all you cat fans out there in the great big cat world. Wow, what a topic. And I have to say, I would not understand unrecognition. I can't even say it. <laughs> Unrecognizing <laughs> aggression. Unrecognition aggression. <laughs> yeah. What the heck is that? <laughs> Unrecognition. I mean, for goodness sake. It's well, it's aggression, of course, that happens between two cats, which is, you know, because it's cat talk radio. <laughs> but usually it happens between two cats who have previously cohabitated what i thought we weren't talking about those kind of things on this radio show (laughs) peacefully (laughs) cohabitating you know like us Uh, my love (laughs) oh i got you okay well so then what does it look like well uh, what it looks like physically is you you know in two cats you have an aggressor and then you have a defensive cat position Kind of like in football, right? The guys yeah. are listening, think football. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the aggressor cat will usually start out with sniffing and then staring. And you can tell when they're sniffing because they get that little bunny nose. Their nose kind of wrinkles up a little bit and you can see the nostrils flaring. And then it'll start staring. Head might be a little lower to the ground than it normally is. And their hair might be raised, you know, like like a ridge on their back. Um, around their shoulders or at the base of their tail. They could be hissing, and then they'll start growling and and just that ready-to-pounce posture. And then the defensive cat, you know, maybe facing the aggressor but sideways so it looks smaller, well, or sideways so it looks bigger, actually. And then it may be returning the hissing and growling, and its ears might be pinned back, and its head low, and it ultimately might roll onto its back to fight if it feels trapped. Roll onto its back? Yeah. Really? Wow. I would have expected a cat to try to make itself look bigger, like like a big bear or something. Yeah, well, it probably has done that by turning sideways, and then when it figures out that's not working and it has nowhere to escape, because, you know, cats will always flee before they fight their first instinct is to run and get the hell out of there but if they can't and there's nowhere to go and they know that this is an ultimate confrontation sometimes they'll do that and that actually you know you think well it's rolling over on its back in a sign of you know i give up kind of a a sign of uh what do you call that um submission you know, like a sign of submission, but it's not that at all. It actually puts their feet up, which is where all their claws are. They got all four feet up and they're like, okay, buddy, bring it, you know? And that way the cat that's pouncing 
it it actually it got its tummy exposed and a little vulnerable. So the feet up is actually a a really good you know defensive position for a cat. So that's that's why they roll on their back. So what causes the, all that? <laughs> well, let me first say that unrecognition aggression is ex- first of all ex- supposedly exclusive to felines. Other species don't really do this and there's really no concrete answers as to why it happens it's somewhat of an enigma to the vets and the scientists but the the common element that everybody sees in that is it's typically you know typically starts after separation usually when one cat is taken to the vet <laughs> wow this is this is incredible information so let me get this right the cat goes to the vet, and when it comes home, the other cat no longer recognizes it. And I thought we were just talking about how cats have these long-term <laughs> memories this morning. That, well, we had that conversation about cats and memory and all that. How is it that they do that? Does it get amnesia or think the returning cat looks different in some sort of way? I mean, we have to make... We're going in circles here. Tell me. Straighten me out here. <laughs> yeah, you think more like if a cat goes and gets groomed and it comes home and its hair's all combed and it goes, yeah. well, I don't even recognize you, I don't honey. recognize you. Whack, whack, whack. Man, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> now, you know, cats live through their noses. I think that's that's the most important thing that people forget is that, you know, they don't really recognize things by sight. Even even us, they recognize things by the way it smells. So when a cat goes to the vet office, it returns smelling like the vet office. So, you know, the cats also create a group smell, which means that they layer scent on top of one another. You know, you've seen them rub the corners of the house and rub your legs and things like that. Well, they're putting their scent on you. And if you have a multi-cat household, they do that one after another so that they create this group smell. Well, then this cat comes back and it no longer has that group smell. And another thought is that Maybe they smell alcohol or some disinfectant on the cat that's coming back from the vet, the vet, and that might trigger like a previous traumatic memory for them. And then there's this other theory, and mostly these are theories that vets come up with, but there's this other theory that if the anal sacs have been discharged, that that pheromone signals danger to the other cat who can then become aggressive. And so the the anal sex can discharge one of two ways. They can, the vet sometimes will express the anal sex if they think that they are clogged. Or if a cat gets really scared, that happens. The anal sex discharge, because that is a actually a, a way that cats communicate. It's a pheromone that goes, oh my gosh, danger, danger. And just, you know, so... Those are those are some of the theories about why it happens. It's all based on on smell. Well, I, you know, you mentioned a minute ago. I think this is my theory that uh, the cat comes home, smells like alcohol, and the cat goes, "I've been telling you not to drink anymore. You stop <laughs> that drinking! Whack, whack, whack! Get out of here! You've been drinking again, out catting around, haven't you?" <laughs> oh, we could add that to the scientific theory list sure yeah you smell like alcohol whack 
<laughs> what can you do about all this then? Surely they figure out that it's just fluffy and they can calm down quickly or something, right? Well, not always, actually. If you don't address it quickly and properly, it can go on indefinitely. I, I can't tell you how many behavior modification cases I've had where cats are still fighting two years after an unrecognition event. You know, and cats sadly get rehomed because of this. You know, you sure you for sure don't want to just let them fight it out because cats don't resolve their issues that way. You know, dogs do because there's a social rung, a, a hierarchy in a dog's family, but there's not that with cats. So cats don't resolve issues by fighting. Issues just get worse by fighting. So don't don't just let them duke it out. You know, I have to say, I could keep thinking about them duking this out over the fact that he smells like alcohol, you know, and no wonder he's not stopping because he still smells like alcohol. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> so what do you recommend doing in in the moment to keep them from fighting for years, I guess? Well, if it's happened and, and you're in the moment, first you have to interrupt the fight. And now, ideally, that interruption comes from something other than you, you know, or because if you're physically involved, then you may also become the target of the aggression because the cat's just so worked up and, oh, my God, it's a territory invader and I'm attacking. And then you come in and you also will then get redirected aggression, which is a topic of another episode. Um, and then if you're yelling or you're squirting with water and things like that, then you also become a scary, unpredictable being in this already ramped up cat's life. And you don't want them to, uh, to attach those heightened feelings of fear and with you. So try to do it with something that's not associated with you, which would mean like a remote control noisemaker. Toss that thing across the floor and then you have the remote control and you kind of turn your back on them and then hit the switch and hopefully that will send them running in opposite directions, right? So after you've interrupted them, you want to get that aggressor cat isolated into a room away from the other cat, right? You can herd it, like if you have a sheet of cardboard or, you know, that kind of thing, you know, you can herd it with that. That keeps you safe. Put a towel over it. That usually will calm them down. But be really careful not to get hurt because, remember, they're really panicky and in a heightened state of protection in this case. You know, what? You last thing you want to do is try to, pacify the aggressor like oh it's okay charlie just calm down it's just fluffy don't worry you know that's this is not the time for that this is the time to just get them separated and let them cool down and we can deal with all of that later and of course you know you'll want to place a litter box and food and water in that room that then becomes the sanctuary room and you start that slow reintroduction process there's no other way around it, and there's no quick way around it. And I've done a webinar that's now on YouTube. You can go find it. That's called Introducing Cats, and this is a reintroducing, so it's pretty much the same thing. It falls under that same thing. You might be able to move quicker, and the video will tell you what to watch for. 
But don't don't start anything, any steps of that reintroduction process until you see calm, normal behavior in the aggressor cat who's separated in that room, right? So you want to make sure when you go in, you're he's kind of normal. You're able to pet him. You know, he's returned kind of to his previous state. Now, you can't just show the other cat because that cat is anchored to those emotions and that'll just trigger him off again. So you don't do that, but you wait till you see his calm, calm, normal behavior. And then you start that introduction process, which means you'll install a, a visual barrier, stacked baby gates. You'll put on a screen door something like that. You'll begin feeding them on each side of the barrier. You're going to reward for calm behavior. And you want to stop and and take a step back if you see any signs of aggression between the two cats as you're going through this process. And see, in my under my theory, you just pour alcohol on the other cat, and then they both have something <laughs> well, to fight about. Well, you smell like alcohol too. Well, you smell like alcohol, and then, then they find it out. <laughs> <laughs> but once once you get them reintroduced, then you don't have to worry about the this happening again, right? Oh no, not always. You know, you're these once bonded kitties might reestablish a relationship or tolerate each other, you know, but if you don't address it properly, then they can just erupt into future episodes of unrecognition aggression. That's real likely that that will it'll continue to happen even if they kind of seem like they're back to normal and then they're just, you know, they're they're walking on eggshells and they're just pins and needles about each other waiting for something to happen. And so they'll, they'll begin fighting more. If you, you don't, there's no shortcut around this. You absolutely have to go through the reintroduction process if you've had a case of unrecognition aggression. So that sounds serious. Nobody wants cat fighting. No, well, no. That's not, you know, that's not cool for anybody. And there are ways to prevent it from happening, I'm sure, right? Well, the good news is, yes, there are. And you should be prepared before every cat visit. You need to just assume that this is going to happen when you take a cat to the vet. You need to just assume that the home kitties that have been left behind are are going to react aggressively because this cat is coming back smelling differently. So there are several things that you could do. First and foremost is get a mobile vet to come to your house. And that's going to cut down on the strange smells. You know, you want to make sure that you've set up an examination room that is separate from the other cat Um, because you don't need the other cat in the vet's face while he's trying to examine the cat and things like that. Um, So, you know, keep them. I also had a case where a lady was fostering and had kept both cats in the room that the vet was examining, and then something happened, and one of the cats meowed and stressed, and the other one just attacked it, and they had had unrecognition aggression while the vet was examining the cat in the home. So separate the cats while the vet is visiting, but um, that will help cut down on the strange smells because then your cat hasn't actually left the home. But um, the other thing you can do is, I mean, so whenever you bring a cat home from the vet, it needs to go in a separate room for a bit and then bathe both cats with catnip wipes 
right? So that you're re-scenting the two cats. We or sell with alcohol. these. <laughs> well, kind of <laughs> like that theory, actually. Kind of onto the right path there, but um, but you want to. We sell catnip bath wipes, and they're just they're like wet wipes or bath cloths. You know, those paper bath cloths that are moist, and they have catnip in them. So you need to use them on both cats vigorously on the cat that has been examined by the vet or has come home from the vet. You can also, or even in addition to, rescent the two cats, kind of like you were talking, but not with alcohol, <laughs> with <laughs> uh, brewer's yeast. So you can go to the health food store and you can buy powdered brewer's yeast. And it's, by the way, it's really good for cats. And you just sprinkle it on them topically, put it on their head, you know, between their ears, maybe rub some on the side of their faces where those pheromones are, down their back to the base of their tail. And you do that with both cats. And now both, and you don't just do it and then immediately introduce them. You need to let them get used to that smell on themselves for a little bit first. And then, you know, and, and then slowly reintroduce them. And again, I'd always keep a baby gate on hand if you have cats, because you're going to have times when, they need to be separated. It's just inevitable, I think, when you have a multi-cat household. So, you know, scent them, put the baby gates up, make sure they're nose to nose in the baby gates and everything's okay. And then you can then you can let them out for each other. So, yeah, main thing is prevention. What do they say? An ounce of prevention is worth a ton of cure or something like that. In this case, this is so true. It just takes a few minutes to prevent this from happening and then you don't have to go through, you know, what could be a month or longer reintroduction process. I mean, that's a pain in the neck to do that. I, it really is. Reintroduction process or new introduction process is it's, it's time consuming and it's slow and it's stressful for everybody. And so just prevent it in the first place. And there are some good mobile vets out there, you know, as long as you don't need surgery on the spot. If it's, you know, something kind of simple, if it's a re upper respiratory infection or, you know, shots or just an annual exam and even sometimes dental. A lot of the mobile vets will are able to sedate and do a, a dental cleaning right there in, in your house. So look into that. That's that's step one to preventing all of this. But, yeah, it's a it's an ugly thing to have happen. Very you know, I'm sure glad everybody's here to listen to you and not me. <laughs> so, you know, these kind of things, you know, I really wouldn't have a clue about, but you do and you give a lot of good advice. And a lot of people are that actually listen to the shows and do the kind of things that and do the work that you present to them really help to save and help their kitties a lot. So I'd like to invite all of our listeners to help support the work that Molly does. She provides this podcast and other resources for free. She works with many behavior cases for free that are low-income cat parents. She does anything she can do to keep cats out of shelters. So if you also care about the cats, consider sending us a gratuity donation. It's super easy. Just go to the store Cat Behavior Solutions dot com scroll down past the the products to the bottom there are donation amounts you can put into your cart and check out now before you check out well, pick up some of those catnip bath wipes so that you have Yay. it on hand for when this happens 
So there's also other things you should get while you're there. Because if you get $49 or more, you get free shipping. So there's food puzzles and there's great wand toys and there's big catnip bags that are just stuffed chock full of catnip. In fact, right now we're running a holiday special. We have a holiday pack that has those catnip bath wipes in it. So just go ahead and get the holiday pack. It has free shipping anyway. And while you're out there on your internet at our website, check out the blog because there's lots of great stuff on the blog. And find us on Facebook. It's at Cat Behavior Solutions Cat Talk Radio. And like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It really helps us a lot. This is an all-volunteer-based run thing. Nobody gets salaries out of Cat Behavior Solutions. All that money goes to helping other cats and shelter cats because I also work with those unfortunate cats that end up in the shelter and are super stressed out and appearing to be unadoptable. So help us out. Shop for your cat. Have some fun because we're all about increasing the bond between the two of you and we're going to keep on doing this as long as Shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is, is the number, the one, number cause one cause of death, of death in, in cats. cats. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of had an echo there. <laughs> I did. You did. All right, everybody. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat, toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.